want her to come in so that you see her. Amen. So she's, um, in fact, she's also um, an ordained minister. So she's Lady Reverend Lois Akosuya Kofi. Amen. So maybe you should say hello before I proceed. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to thank the Lord for this meeting. And thank you so much for having us here. Today is my first time. But I've been here before. I came for a wedding here. So I've fellowship with this house before. And Reverend Dennis, Mama, please thank you so much for having us. I know that we will enjoy ourselves today. Thank you, thank you. Shall we please rise up, if you don't mind, for just some few minutes as we adore the Lord before we hear the word. Let's just adore the Lord tonight. Father, we honor you. Father, we worship you. Father, we exalt you. Thank you for this privilege of hearing your word. Thank you for the great blessing of your word. You are mighty in this place. You are awesome in this place. Oh, yes. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your mighty blessing upon our lives. Thank you for the privilege of hearing your word. Thank you for the privilege of coming together. We honor you, Jesus. We honor you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Your word is already exalted above all your needs. Thank you for your word, which like silver has been purified seven times in a furnace. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. You are awesome in this place. Help me sing it. You are awesome in this place. Mighty God.
Ramanderia Makota Lamashandas. Lord Imakonda Lamashatele Mehandas. Peter was kept in prison, but prayer was made by the church, and Peter was released. Father, we lift up prayers tonight. Any one of us who is a target for armed robbery attack, for satanic gunshots, Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up a covering. We lift up a hedge in the name of Jesus. Let that agenda backfire. Let that agenda be overturned in the name of Jesus Christ. The Son of the Living God, your word says, Whatever we disallow here is disallowed in heaven. Oh Lord, we disallow this attack in the name of Jesus. Be merciful, O God. Be merciful and deliver us from the hands of wicked and unreasonable men. Men who have not faith, O God, in the name of Jesus. But thou, O God, are a shield for us in the name of Jesus. You are our hiding place, O God. You are our strong tower. We rally to you and we are saved in the name of Jesus. Let every one of us here present, absent, joining online, even those who could not join, we lift up intercession for every single member of, of this church and everyone connected to us. Oh Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus that this agenda of the enemy be overturned, be overturned, be blocked, be disappointed in the name of Jesus. Father, disappoint the devices of the way. We thank you for mighty deliverance. We thank you for mighty deliverance. And Father, tonight we submit ourselves to your word. Your word which is able to save our souls. We receive with meekness a readiness to surrender our thoughts and our ways of doing things and replace them with your thoughts and your ways of doing things. We come with that readiness. We come with that willingness. Open our eyes that we may see and our ears that we may hear. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you. Thank you once again for the invitation. Amen. In fact, the topic I've been given cannot be exhausted in two meetings. It's a very wide um, topic. Um, Tithes, offerings, mission support. Hallelujah. Um, it's a very wide topic. And I want to really touch on some important things, which I believe that Reverend Dennis, I mean, has already touched on and keeps touching on. But I just want to, I mean, contribute to that spiritual knowledge that God has blessed us with in this house. Amen. First of all, I want to talk about tithes. Tithes. You know, uh, a lot of people are critical, especially about tithing. And if you go out there on the internet, there are a lot of materials um, that speak against tithing in the New Testament. And a lot of people think that tithing is no more applicable in the New Testament. Now, I think that a lot of people make that mistake because of how they look at tithing. Now, we need to understand that tithing was instituted or was tithes were paid many or multiple hundreds of years before the law. 
tithe was actually paid in faith, not under the law. And uh, critically, if you want to pick the word tithe, then the first person who paid tithe, paid tithe so many hundred, hundred years before the law. Hallelujah. I always tell people that under the law, virtually everything was put um, under rules and regulation, including how you take care of your own animals. Because Moses had to regulate virtually everything um, that had to do with the lifestyle of the people. But it doesn't mean that the, the law was the original starting point of those things. You see, but they had to be regulated. And you need to go into the Word of God to understand when these practices actually began. You see, because, because the law has been fulfilled in Christ, and like the Bible says, has been done away with, and there's a new covenant, a lot of people, even in tithing, believing churches, there are a lot of people who don't pay tithe. Because they are exposed to teachings that tithing is of the old covenant. You see? Now, please, let me say this. Um, I, I'm, I'm preaching from an iPad. But if you have the full Bible, I want to say that not all of the Old Testament as we know it, from Genesis to Malachi, is old covenant. You need to understand that. Not all of the Old Testament is necessarily old covenant. Because, because, for example, if you read Kings and Chronicles, these are not old covenants. These are leadership books that give you leadership secrets. And if the law has been done away with, it has to do with the practices, the ordinances. Hallelujah. How sins were forgiven. Praise the Lord. And how God was approached. These have been done away with. But it doesn't mean that all of Genesis to Malachi does not apply to our present life. In fact, if you want to understand the New Testament, you can understand the New Testament better if you understand the Scriptures, which when they say the Scriptures, they are talking about the Old Testament. So you realize that one of the reasons why Apostle Paul had a deep revelation of the New Covenant was because of his depth of knowledge in the Scriptures. So many of the things he would talk about in Christ, he will give you a similitude even under the old covenant, even the old covenant itself. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So ladies and gentlemen, tithes were paid long before the law. So we cannot say that tithing is a law thing. No. So let's want to go into the Word of God and understand. A friend of mine believes that he can actually trace tithing even to the Garden of Eden. I have not done that tracing yet. <laughs> That's a friend of mine. He, he, he says that just because we don't see the word tithe, doesn't mean that it was not being practiced. You see? So he told me that, he said, Pastor Ellis, I can actually trace tithing to the Garden of Eden. And I said, Wow. But we want to take the word that was used, you know, in that particular, um, yeah, like tithe, you see, the, 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 the Hebrew word that was used and what it means. And we want to look at when it actually started. Now, the first person we know from scriptures who paid tithe was Abraham. Hallelujah. As far back as we can remember. If you want to pick the word tithes, glory to God. And Abraham paid tithes long before the law. Now, Isaac was 140 years. And then you can add the, the years of Jacob. You add the 430 years in Egypt before Moses brought them out. And the 40 years in the wilderness before they settled. And then the law, praise the Lord. So we are talking about over 600 years. If you take out the years Abraham lived after meeting Melchizedek. We are talking about over 600 to 700 years and over. 
of tithing long before the law. Because Isaac paid tithes. And Jacob paid tithes. In fact, when Jacob was leaving to the house of Laban, he promised God to pay his tithes on his return from all his spouse. You see? So, now, let's go to Genesis chapter 14 and then look at when tithes were paid. Time will not permit me to read everything, but um, Sodom and Gomorrah, the, the two cities were attacked and overtaken by some kings. Praise the Lord. And because Lot was taken, it became a concern to Abraham. The Bible says somebody reported to Abraham that his, his, I mean, his nephew had also been taken in the whole attack. So Abraham with his 318 trained servants went after the kings and he defeated them. He used warfare strategy if you read. And then he defeated them and took the spoil um, from them. Hallelujah. Verse 14 of Genesis 14. And when Abraham heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed trained servants, born in his own house, 318, and pursued them unto Dan. This is where you train your servants. A lot of people leave their servants just to clean, just to cook, just to do things. Abraham trained his servants. Trained servants can be of great help. In fact, the Bible says that the one who delicately brings up his servant will have him become his own child at the end. But that's a topic for another day. So Abraham trained his servants and then he went to war with them. Um, now, now, I feel like adding it. That also means that if you don't train your servants, instead of they helping you in your warfare of life, they will rather become a channel of attack to you. But when you train them, they join your warfare front because your servant can pray. So there's no channel for the devil to enter the house. That's a topic for another day. And verse 15, and he divided himself against them, he and his servants by night, and smote them and pursued them unto Hobab, Hobab which, is one, which is on the left hand of Damascus. And he brought back all the goods and also brought again his brother law and his goods and the women also and the people. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter of Shedoloma and of the kings that were with him at the valley of Shaveh, which is the king's dale. And Melchizedek, now this is where the story begins, and Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was a priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of the Most High God possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the most high God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thine hand. And he gave him tithes of all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he gave him tithes of all. So here we see Abraham paying tithes. And we are talking about 700 years before the law, before Moses. Glory to God. The Lord came by Moses. Abraham was before Moses. Now, please understand that the life of Abraham, according to the Bible, according to the scriptures in general, the scriptures in general, is actually pictured as a New Testament lifestyle. Abraham's life is Something that is spoken of in the New Testament. A man of faith. In fact, the New Testament is actually um, 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 described as the, uh, when you come into Christ and then you, you, are, you are delivered from the original sin. You actually come under the blessing of Abraham. Hallelujah. So, so the New Testament is sort of likened to the relationship between Abraham and God. Abraham and God, and, and they scattered through scriptures. So Abraham, there are few men in the, in the Old Testament and in the Old Covenant even, who actually lived a New Testament life. One of them is Abraham. One of them is Abraham. So Abraham is a man of faith. And righteousness was imputed to him 
just as it is imputed to us who follow in the same steps of faith. Time will not permit me to go into Romans and read all those scriptures, but I'm sure you know them. So now, let's look at Abraham, not just as an old covenant man, but as a man of faith. Abraham walked and lived by faith. And that's New Testament. That's New Testament. Now, now you understand that Abraham paid tithe for a reason. And we'll look at it. Now, because, because Melchizedek meets Abraham, blesses him, what makes Abraham to, to get a revelation that he needs to pay tithe? It's very amazing, you see, that he pays tithe without we having to read anywhere that God was commanding them anywhere that they should pay tithe. Now, Abraham, being the father of faith, was able to download a critical lifestyle of a faith man or a faith woman, which is the practice of paying tithes. Hallelujah. And he paid it in faith. Now, let, let's, go to, let's go to the book of Hebrews. Now, the, the book of Hebrews talks about Genesis 14. Hebrews 7, Hebrews chapter 7, gives the Genesis 14 account. I need to take my time. Maybe I'm rushing. Help me, Lord. Because today and tomorrow, I, I, I don't have much time to say what I want to say. So, I'm trying to... Okay, wonderful. Verse, verse 1. Hebrews 7. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being by interpretation king of righteousness, and after that also king of Salem, which is king of peace, without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abided a priest continually. So this is where the revelation begins to come. Then we see actually what Abraham did. Because Melchizedek now is being presented as one who appeared in the Old Testament in the similitude of Jesus. In the similitude of Jesus. So Melchizedek was an, a, a setting appearance of Jesus in the Old Testament. Hallelujah. And that changes the whole argument about whether tithing is of the law or not. Hallelujah. Because now we see Jesus in, in Melchizedek receiving tithes of Abraham. Glory to God. He said, Now consider how great this man was, and to whom even the patriarch Abraham gave the tenth of the spoils. And verily, now verse 5, Verily, they that are of the sons of Levi, now he's telling you how they pay tithes under the law, they that are of the sons of Levi, who receive the office of the priesthood, have a commandment to take tithes of the people according to the law. That is, of their brethren, though they came out of the loins of Abraham. Verse 6. But he, whose descent is not counted from them. So under the law, if you are not a Levite, commanded as a priest to receive tithes, you have no right to take tithes of the people. But he whose descent is not counted, received tithes of Abraham. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And, and you see also... That Jesus Christ, when you look at how the high priest approached, when they were explaining about, uh, the scriptures were, were explaining about the high priest approaching the holies, and how the person had to be a Levite, but Jesus springing up out of Judah, approached the throne, the, 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 the holy place in heaven, and presented his sacrifice, his own blood. I'm just giving you, I'm just just opposing the two. You see, so Jesus sprang out of Judah and went into the holies, of, of whom no, nothing about priesthood was spoken. Glory to God. That's what the Bible says, the love was slain from the foundation. So, so 
under Moses, there was a, a legislation of everything. There was a law put around everything. But actually, it, it's not really about that. It's just an error. The Bible said, the law brought us unto Christ. Hallelujah. So we need to understand that tithing is not an old covenant practice as we think. Tithes were paid by Abraham, a New Testament figure in faith. And it was paid to Melchizedek, an Old Testament appearance of Jesus. There are many Old Testament appearances of Jesus. You can see it in the garden, that there was a tree of life. Hallelujah. And then you remember when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were put in the fire. There was a fourth man. And the book Adnezah said, his likeness is like the Son of God. Hallelujah. So, so there were many Old Testament appearances of Jesus. Another one is when the serpent was lifted up. Bible says that, and then another one is the rock that Moses brought water out of. Bible said that rock was Christ. Now the Bible didn't say that rock was like Christ. It said that rock was Christ. These are strong words. And so Melchizedek is a type of Jesus. And there's no missing words about that. Receiving tithes of Abraham. Amen. Amen and amen and amen and amen. Glory to God. So I want you to understand this. You see, don't, don't just believe anybody who goes out there throwing dust. They just throw dust. It takes humility to understand the scriptures. Hallelujah. Yes. And when Jesus was rebuking the Pharisees about tithes, he actually did not condemn tithes. Now, now, you understand why in the New Testament scriptures, not so much of emphasis is placed on the word tithes. Now, because Jesus revealed, look, it, it is believed that, it is believed that there are weightier matters of the law. Hallelujah. There are weightier matters walking with. We should not now come and be struggling with you about giving a tenth of your income to God. As far as they were concerned, these were settled matters. So Jesus said they ought to have, I mean, follow the weightier matters and also not to leave the other on that. Matthew 23, 23. I'm not going to read that. You know that that scripture already. So Jesus did not condemn tithing. Now, if if tithing was an old covenant practice, um, it, it would have been clearly spoken by Jesus. And Paul in Hebrews 7 would have made it very clear. Now, the part that makes even this thing clearer is what I'm going to read to you now. So please, follow me. I want to establish this. It says, verse 6, But he whose descent is not counted from them received tithes of Abraham, and blessed him that had the promises. And without all contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. Verse 8. And here, now please, I know that by the grace of God, we understand English. I want you to look at the tense in which this verse of scripture was written. The tense. So let's look at the tense. Whether, whether it was a past tense, or something that is present and continuing. Let's look at it. It says, and here, men that die receive, or re did it say received? No. Here, men that die receive tithes. So he's talking about people who are representing God as priests. They don't live forever. The priesthood of Jesus is continual. But the earthly priesthoods are temporal and they die. So he says, here men that die receive tithes, but there. Now when he says there, which place? He's talking about the heavenly places. There. There. He says, but there, he. Now who is he? You see, to understand scripture, you have to compare scripture to scripture. Now, who was he talking about? He's talking about Melchizedek, a type of Jesus. So now he's talking about Jesus. How do you know he's even talking about Jesus? But there, he received them of whom it is witnessed that he liveth. Now, who has that witness? Jesus. I am he that was, uh, uh, that was alive, was dead, 
and now I'm alive forevermore. So, the, 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 this, so, so here, this, this verse of scripture is in a present continuous tense. It says here, here. That means the church. Men that die receive tithes, but there he receiveth them. Now, Moses never said this. Moses never told them that. Amen and amen. Here, men that die receive tithes, but there he receiveth them of whom it is witness that he liveth. So, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus Christ receives tithes. Jesus Christ receives tithes as we receive them here in the church. When you give tithes, the tithes are received by men, taken into the church covers, used for the church work. You never see Jesus standing there. You see, physically collecting. But the Bible is telling you that when you bring your tithes to the church, there is an ultimate receiver of your tithes. And that is Jesus. Hallelujah. So please, you bring your tithes to Jesus. Even though it is received by men, and it is used for the work of God by men, Jesus receives tithes. And I'm sure you know this already. I'm just reiterating them. Amen. Here, men that die. So this is a clear um, revelation that tithing has not been done away with. Tithing is something, a Christian practice in the New Testament. Very important. Looking at how it originated from Abraham, Melchizedek, and now Jesus has given us apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers who also receive the tithes on his behalf, but then he received it. The same as Abraham. You see? Yes. Under the law, everything was put in a certain fearful thing, you know. So, if you don't bring Deuteronomy 28, all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. I tell people in the church, I said, in in this new relationship with God in Christ Jesus, you should not be paying tight because you are afraid of a curse. Because Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now, now, tithe should be an act of love and submission. This is where it is believed, this is where it is believed that out of gratitude to God, looking at salvation in Christ, which is so precious, people should not be struggling with a tenth of, of their income. In fact, they should be paying more than a tenth. It is believed that's why the word was not spoken critically in the New Testament as tithe. Because the apostles believed that in Christ, your whole life belongs to God. We should not be struggling with 10%. Yes, in fact, a lot of people who have caught this, they pay tithe more than 10%. Yes. In fact, from my second year in the university, I stopped paying tithe of 10%. Till now. I don't pay tithe because, look, Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 6, I think, I want to show you something. I, I hope you are getting it, please. Amen and amen. Amen and amen and amen. Please give me a minute. So Hebrews chapter 8 is what I'm looking for. Hebrews chapter 8, I'm talking about our life in Christ. Okay, so now, verse 4 says, For if he were on earth, he should not be a priest, seeing that there are priests that offer gifts according to the law. So Jesus did not come out of Levi. He sprang out of Judah. If he were just on earth as a man, he would never have been a priest. Verse 5 says, Who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things. So the priests were serving as examples of heavenly. Whatever they were doing, you could actually understand, for example, prayer by looking at how they approach the holies. You see, you, you understand how to pray. 
but that's a topic for another day. And Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle. For see, saith he, that thou make all things according to the pattern shown to thee in the mount. Now verse 6. But now, he, talking about Jesus, has obtained a more excellent ministry. By how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. So ladies and gentlemen, if the people who were under a certain covenant, under certain promises, were not struggling with 10%, now we have a more excellent ministry in Jesus. We have better, a better covenant in Jesus. We have a better covenant established on better promises in Jesus. We should not be even talking about 10%. The least we could do is to at least do what they were doing under the old covenant. So the least you should be giving to God of your income is 10%. Otherwise, you should do better. Otherwise, you should do better. R.G. Letonu was giving God between 60 to 90% of his income. These, these are documented facts. No wonder God showed him the revelation of earth moving equipment. He was the first, one of the first to have a vision of earth moving equipment. You see, God showed it to him. And that, that will bring us to what Titan does. You see, now, so we have established that Titan was paid. Long before the law. Now, let's look at what is the purpose of tithing in scriptures. The purpose of tithing in scriptures. Amen and amen. Oh, hallelujah. Please, are you here? Thank you. Thank you. I hope I'm not saying too many things. Okay, thank you. Now, we understand from scripture the first purpose of tithing, or tithes, offerings, giving in general, is to advance the purposes and the plans of God. Hallelujah. To advance the purposes and the plans of God. Glory to Jesus. Now, in, in Malachi 3, you get the spirit of tithing, not just the curse of the law. The curse of the law, if you don't bring it, you are cursed with the curse, even this whole nation. That's not the focus of God now in Christ. In Christ, God is not out to curse you. Praise the Lord. That doesn't mean that there, there are no curses. I didn't say that. But that's not the focus, you see. So in Christ, we should be in a deep love relationship. A deep love relationship with God. So that it's not about, if you don't pay your tithe, you are cursed with a curse. Oh, hey, let me pay. No, it's out of that gratitude. But what is the purpose? We see Malachi 3, verse 8. Verse 8 says, let's start from verse 8. Will the man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, but you say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Now, you can only rob someone of something that pertains to him or belongs to him. Amen and amen. He said, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Verse 10. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house, and prove me now here with, say the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive. Now God says that if we bring all our tithes, there will be meat in his house. So when you look at when tithing was regulated under Moses, you realize that it enabled the priests and the ministry to function. When the tithes were brought... It enabled the priests and the work they were doing to go on. And that's the same revelation here. He said that there will be meat in my house. Meat, meat represents strength to carry on. It represents sustenance. So tithing actually is for the ongoing work of the ministry. Now somebody said something, and I believe, based on the revelation of scripture, that if all believers will pay all their tithes. The church will have more than enough to do what they need to do. Because that's how God designed it. If all believers should pay all their tithes, the church will have more than enough. Because God says, there will be meat in my house. 
there will be meat in my house. So the first purpose of tithing is for the work of God to go on. You see, so under the new covenant, because we, are, we love God, because He first loved us, our passion for His kingdom should drive us. Our passion to see His work done. Our passion to see the kingdom of God expand and enlarge should drive us to be faithful, super faithful with our time. Praise the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Our passion for God's work. Our passion to see churches planted. Our passion to see, to see missionaries sent should drive us to be faithful with our in fact, your tithe should be one of the first things you take out when you receive any income. Now, I said, Abraham gave him tithes of all. Tithes of all. That means you don't pay tithes of certain incomes and you leave others. Tithes of all your income must be given to God. Not just your salary. A lot of Christians pay tithes only of their salary. No, but when it comes to the law, when they are going to court, they will say the business is a separate legal entity. Just because many of them want to escape some liabilities. So they are now dividing the personalities now. The business is there. I'm also there. This is a separate legal entity. How is it that if it's a separate legal entity, you don't pay tight on your business profits? Because it's an income of a person. Because your business is clothed with, by law, is clothed as a person. Amen and amen. Please, are you here with me? You see, these are some of the reasons why we are not walking in the second purpose of tithing. Because when it comes to money, a lot of people are calculative with God. There are some who even begin to argue. Should I pay on this? Should I pay on this? On the gross? On the net? There's no argument. Pay on. If you are in love with God, you will not be asking any of those questions. Hallelujah. Because you are willing to even do more. Because we will not be able to come to the Bible and show you. You pay on net or gross. There's no scripture that will show you that. Out of your love for God, you give, you pay. So most of these arguments, they are actually love issues. They are love issues. I remember where I was standing, voter car park, when I said I would no more pay 10% of tithe. As a, I was a student in my second year. Nobody told me. It's a love relationship. There's so much struggle in the church. I see it in Harvest City Church where I come from. I don't know about here. I'm not a pastor here. But there's so much struggle in the church. The Bible says it is the proof of the sincerity of your love. Praise God forevermore. Praise God forevermore. So tithing is for the, for the work of God to go on. That there will be meat in my house. So if you love God, if you love His work, any income that comes to you, you release 10% to the house of God. You see, I always tell, I always tell Harvest City church members, I said, I said, people always try to say, nowadays pastors, they are Wagadri, they are Azar, they are this. I said, your duty is to make sure you are in the right church. That's why you have the Spirit of God. To, to make you discover you discover the spirit of error by the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth is in you. The question is, is covenant family a true place or not? You answer that question. It is. Now that it is, the argument about faith pastors or not doesn't hold anymore. Now you release yourself. Glory to God. Because in this house, you ask yourself, are they into the work of God? Are they into the vision of God? Are they driving God's kingdom agenda? Is this the right place for me? If yes, stop the arguments and release yourself. And release yourself. And present yourself as a living sacrifice. Glory to God. 
Glory. So, so you, you no more join the arguments out there about pastors doing this, doing that, doing that. Because in this place, that question has been answered. Now your passion is to see God's work advance. So you release your resources. You release your tithes. You release. Now, your business may not pay tithe as monthly as you. Maybe, I know people who pay every six months, every year. Hallelujah. And you have accounting terms for them. Maybe you write tithing there. You can call it a donation or something. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. I don't know if you write. I mean, I, I did accounting, but I've, I've forgotten. I did accounting. In the university, I didn't do accounting. But I don't know if you can write tithing in your books. Your company. I don't know. But if not, find a word for it. It's the spirit of what you are doing that matters. And not that you are manipulating because, because, because companies can give grants. They can give scholarships. They can give donations. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And because you are a kingdom man and a kingdom woman and God has blessed your business with profits, you are releasing the tenth, the minimum of a tenth to advance the work of God. So, so separate corporate legal entities must also pay tight on their incomes. And individuals, maybe as, as the CEO or the founder of the company, you are paid, let's say, $10,000 a month. That's your salary. That's your income. You pay tithes on your income. The company pays tithes on its profits. Profits after everything, whatever you choose. Some I know people who pay before tax. I know people who pay after tax. It's your. It's a love question. I don't. I will not come and answer that for you. Amen and amen. Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. So please, let's understand why God wants us to give our time. That there will be meat in my house. And, and there are even stronger scriptures. You know, when you have a pastor who is very... Every genuine pastor has a problem talking about money. In fact, they struggle. Yes. It's one of the things God has had to rebuke me about. Because God, God keeps telling me, without money, you can't do this work. And it's still a struggle for me. It's still a struggle for me. Especially, as I'm saying it here, this is not my church. When I fire, I go. So whatever is the truth, I get back. <laughs> so I say the truth, but if it's your own church, and your people see you every day, and they think that, you know, the man is looking at our finances, he's, he's focused on our... It's not, a, it's not an easy feeling. Every church should release their pastor to freely also talk about finances. Because it's important for the church to continue working. For the church to go on. Hallelujah. The part we can't even talk about, which we struggle, is what you give to your pastor personally. That's what we can't even talk about it. And yet they are in the Bible. They are there. Do you know that it's wickedness not to be given to your pastor personally? You see, you are shocked, but it's in the Bible. He said, thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth the corn. So, you see that wickedness? The ox will tread and tread and tread. And then you gather the corn. You go and put it in the marketplace. And then you say, God bless you, ox. God bless you. And Paul said, did God say that because of the ox? He said, no. He said that because of the pastors. So, there are things about giving that Sometimes if you have a genuine pastor, he struggles to tell you because of how he thinks you may interpret it. It's very difficult. Do you know that when the people did not take care of the priest, they left and went to the marketplace? Yes, there are scriptures that, you know, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just dropping it. So, the purpose of tithe is for the work of the ministry. Now, the second purpose of tithe, as I close, the next, uh, tomorrow I will, I will go a little deeper. The second purpose of tithe is to activate the blessing of God. Is to activate the blessing of God. In fact, that is where 
Abraham amazes me. That is where I see Abraham as a real man of the spirit. Because how did Abraham understand and pick up in the spirit that at this time of activating the blessing, he had to give his tithes? Amazing. Amazing thing Abraham did. Because the Bible said, Genesis, let's go back to Genesis 14. Help us, Lord. Genesis 14, from verse 14 we read, but time will not permit us so. We will jump to verse um, verse, verse, verse 19, verse 19, verse 18, and verse 18, king of Salem brought forth bread and wine, and he was a priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the Most High God, which had delivered thine enemies into thine hand. And he gave him tithes of all. Now look at this. So Abraham realized that he was, it was, in, he was in an atmosphere of impartation of blessing. And he released his tithes. Now, how do I know that Abraham was conscious that tithing activates the blessing? Let's look at what follows. And the king of Sodom said unto Abraham, Give me the persons and take the goods to thyself. Now, here is a man who is distressed. Armies have taken over his nation. Abraham has come in to help him. He has taken the goods from the people. And then the king says, If you can just give the people, take the goods. Abraham thought that no. If I do this, like I'm taking an undue advantage of a desperate man. I should not do that, you see. So in verse 23, um, um, verse 22, I'm sorry, verse 22. So the king in verse 21 tells him to give him the persons and take the goods. And Abraham said to the king of Sodom, what did he say? Please listen. He said, I have lifted up my hand unto the Lord, the most high God, the what? The possessor of heaven and earth. Now, can you trace that back? Look at what he... he that, is, that is verse 22. And Abraham... No, uh, that is verse... Um, verse what? 19. And, and he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of the Most High God, the possessor of heaven and earth. And now Melchizedek tells... Uh, Abraham tells the king of Sodom, I will not get wealth by manipulating you. I will not get wealth by cutting corners. I don't need to get wealth by playing it dirty. I have connected to the source myself. How did I do it? I paid my tithes. That's what Abraham was saying to, to the king. Almost immediately. So Abraham knew the purpose of the tithe. That's why he picked it in the spirit and released it. And Abraham said to the king, now Abraham had the right to pay that tithe because it was a fruit of his labor. However, he felt that to take everything was to take an undue advantage of a dying man, of a desperate man. So he said, no. Now, why did he say that? You will be amazed. Watch this. Abraham said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted up my hand unto the Lord, the most high God, the possessor of heaven and earth. So he quotes the foundation on which he was blessed. The possessor of heaven and earth is going to bless you as you release your tithes. Did you hear that? Yes. That I will not take from, from a thread even to a shoe latchet. And that I will not take anything that is yours. So if you are a tither, you know and you know that you are blessed. You don't need to cut corners to be rich. You don't need to bribe anybody to be rich. You don't need to manipulate anybody to be rich. I'm telling you. Because you bring yourself under a supernatural activation of blessing. He says that I will not take a latchet. That I will not take anything that is yours. Look at what he said. He said, lest thou shouldest say, I have made Abraham rich. So he's talking about riches. Abraham said, I'm going to be very rich. If I take this from you and you see me later, you say it's because he took my goods. That's why he's rich. He said, but no, I've connected to the source myself. I've lifted up my hands to God and I'm going to be rich and I want God to take all the credit for it. Are you hearing me, somebody? I don't want you to stand somewhere and say, I made Abraham rich. Of course, that doesn't mean God will use anybody to help you. But you know, when you are not straightforward and all that, people claim your blessing. You don't need to be cantankerous to be rich. There's a kingdom way. 
That's why in Malachi, please listen. If tithing was not to activate a blessing, why would God himself say, prove me now herewith? In other words, if I give you a key, a key and I tell you, open that door and see if it will not open. It means that's the key to that door. So God says, bring me all the tithes, offerings, and prove me now. Herewith, 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 herewith. That means with the tithe. Prove me now. If I will not open the windows of heaven. And do what? And pour you out a blessing. Such that you will not have enough room to receive. So there is an overflow dimension of the blessing. Where you become like Abraham. In other words, you are blessed beyond yourself. You are blessed to be a blessing. It's called the overflow dimension of the blessing. And it comes to you as you walk by faith in your tithing. Following the same steps of faith. Yes. So the second purpose of tithing is to activate the blessing of God. You know, everything Christ has accomplished for us is there for us. It's potentially ours. It's true. Second Corinthians chapter 8, it says that um, prosperity is by grace. There's no two ways about that. Glory to God. He said, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus. That even though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor. Second Corinthians 8-9. That you through his poverty might be rich. So prosperity is by grace. It's not by works. But please listen. Because it is by grace, it means it is also by faith. Because it is of grace that it might be by faith. Otherwise, faith is vain. Glory to God. So that means that anything that is of grace requires steps of faith to activate. Just like salvation. Please listen. As free as salvation is, if you don't take a step of faith, forget it. It can never be imputed on you. So all the promises of God in Christ are yea and amen. Some of them are material blessing promises. Some of them are health promises. But there are steps of faith to take. Yes. There are steps of faith. For, to activate what is already yours in Christ. There are steps of faith to take. And tithing and giving in general is one of the revelations that activates the blessing. Now, I will end with the same Hebrews 7. I will end with that. That talks about Abraham and Melchizedek. Time will not permit me to go any further. But tomorrow, we will continue. Hebrews chapter number 7. Please, I, I hope I've communicated something. Thank you. So, uh, verse 6. And he whose descent is not counted from them received tithes of Abraham. Now, how, what did they say next? And did what? And you see now, yes, it's connected. It's highly connected. He whose descent is not counted from them, that's Jesus in Melchizedek, received tithes of Abraham and blessed him that had what? The promises. So now Abraham was activating his blessing. God, has, God had promised him. And it's for him. And it's his. But he's now activating it by steps of faith. By steps of faith. He was activating it. Then in verse 7, he now even establishes it further. And without all contradiction. The less is blessed of the better. Now the word better there means somebody who is highly ranked. Or somebody who is seated above you. Now it has two meanings. The first one represents one that God has put over you. Like your pastor. He has the spiritual capacity to bless you. And there is no contradiction about that. Amen and amen. That is why please listen. This thing about giving your pastor personal money. You see unfortunately please. We have allowed some of these pastors and so-called people who are not prophets. Because we are prophets. We are speaking the words of God. Who are not prophets, excuse me to say, to rather do these things. 
And, and you know, it's not everybody, it's not everybody who is not, um, excuse me to say, preaching what God wants you to preach now, who is actually somebody who is using a false spirit. There are people who are truly called by God, but, but their belly has become their God. And because of that, seducing spirits have taken over. But it's not like they've gone to a shrine for power. It's not everybody who is like that way. No, 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 no. It's not everybody who is like that. So we don't need to categorize all of them like that, you see. Uh-huh. But we have a lot of these people, when they give to their prophet, you see them. You see them kneeling down to be blessed. You see, let me tell you, you have no idea what Reverend Dennis, Mama, and your leaders here, the capacity God has given them to bless you. Never take for granted what somebody who has been put over you can accomplish in your life. Paul said, Paul said, the, 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 the priest is like an ox that treaded out the corn. In another place he said, that he that ploweth. Look, your priest, your pastor, he has power to break your ground. He has power to plow. That means when your land is hard, and you sit under a ministry of your pastor, your land can be broken for progress. But sometimes, when we are in true churches, who the pastors don't talk much about these things, we take some of these things for granted. You see somebody struggling to do things, and they don't know that sometimes you have to take an offering, give it to your pastor, kneel down for him to bless you. Even if, if he doesn't want to pray for you, 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 you compel him to bless you. It's called by force. If you don't bless me, I will not let you go. It's biblical. That's how Jacob's life changed. You see, aha. Uh-huh. But you see, we don't want it to become like a certain um, uh, requirement. You know, that's why you find that pastors don't, don't say those things. I, I'm telling you the truth. Even what I'm saying now, Reverend Dennis may be feeling uncomfortable as I'm saying it now. Because every true pastor is like that. Because we don't know how. The less is blessed of the better. It doesn't mean that in Christ, the person has like a better salvation than you. No. But in Christ, there is divine order. God has set in the church apostles. There are, there are divine placements. And the Bible says that without all contradiction, the less is blessed of one that is highly ranked. Like your pastor. Now the second meaning is that Jesus. Because here he's saying that this Jesus is the one they are talking about that he lives forever. He's seated at the right hand of God. He lives forever. Now what it also means is that when you bring your tithe and there he receives it, without contradiction, he blesses you. He blesses you. He blesses you. So that's the second purpose of tithing. I want you to um, appreciate. Amen and amen. God willing, we'll continue tomorrow. Amen. Shall we please rise if we can and thank God for his word tonight. Let's give him the praise for his word tonight. Father, we thank you for such an awesome word, such a blessing about tithing, about giving, how you have opened our eyes to see that tithing was paid long before the law, that it was a, an act of faith by Abraham. And Lord, you have shown us that here, men that die receive tithes, but there, our Lord Jesus, who lives forever, receives our tithes. We thank you, Lord, for such a powerful blessing. And Lord, you have shown us that tithing is for the advancement of your purposes in your kingdom. Oh Lord, you have shown us that our passion for your kingdom must drive us to release a minimum of 10% of our income, all of our income, in the name of Jesus. And Lord, you have shown us that the another purpose of tithing 
blessing is to activate our blessing in Christ. In the name of Jesus, we pray for the grace to obey, the grace to walk in your word, the grace to walk in the same steps of faith of Abraham. In the name of Jesus, Father, destroy every struggle of giving in our lives, every struggle to give our tithes to your house. Oh Lord, deliver us from such struggles and difficulties. In the name of Jesus, Oh Lord, in Jesus' name. Now I want you to pray this final prayer. I know my time is up, but I want you to pray this final prayer. That God will give you a passion for his kingdom. Now Paul said something amazing. He said, I have great heaviness and continual sorrow for my very own people. Then in another verse said, I wish that I myself were accursed from Christ for their salvation. You see, when you have a passion for something, you are willing to give anything for it. You are praying tonight that God will baptize you with a passion for his kingdom, a passion for his purposes. In the name of Jesus, that every struggle of releasing yourself and your resources will die instantly. In the name of Jesus, my Father, my Father, baptize me with an unusual passion for you and your work and the kingdom. Oh God, that every struggle to give myself and my resources will die from my life. Oh God, baptize me with a unique passion for your kingdom, for your purposes, for your work, for your house, in the name of Jesus. Like David said, because he had set his heart upon the house of his God, out of his own proper good, he had made available all that will be required for the building of the church. I pray tonight that we will set our hearts on your house. We will set our passions on your work, on the kingdom baptize us with that passion oh god in the name of jesus we give you glory we give you honor we give you praise that our struggle to give is over is over in the name of jesus and that you oh lord has baptized us with a burning passion to see your kingdom advance to see your work enlarged in the name of Jesus to see the welfare of your servants that they will keep doing your work you oh Lord has baptized us with this passion and will never be the same in the name of Jesus Amen Hallelujah please let me say this if you walk in this revelation you will be like Abraham even if the people through which things must pass to you decide not to make themselves available because you have lifted up your hand to God like Abraham you will still be rich nobody can stop you hallelujah please help me welcome Reverend Dennis